Welcome back to the Hosses Podcast. The Hosses are fully back. Gus decided to join us for the first time in two months. We also have a special guest today, uh, Dean Turner. Um, he is a meat titan. So if you follow him on Dean Turner Training on Instagram, a little plug-in for you there, right there. Yeah, feel free to plug yourself at any, yeah. any second throughout the show. What so, happened to uh, Vince? No Vince? Nah, no Vince. Uh, listen, I'm in the middle of the intro. You can't just interrupt. <laughs> so, we, so we have also... He beside him lifting weights and giving advice. He's also our reigning defending champion in fantasy football in our uh, fantasy football league. So Dean Turner, everybody. Crowd noise. Oh man, <laughs> feels good to be with the Hosses. All I gotta say is the Hosses came up and got Hoss. That's all we need. So what the plan is today is uh, we're gonna talk about a little bit of fantasy football. Before we do that, we got a little NBA bubble. Obviously today. Um, on this fine evening is the end of the process, in my opinion. The process is over. I Fuck think em. you're gonna, I think you're going to see Brett Brown gone, and uh, Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons is going to be gone too. And I'm happy that they they suck and they're gone. Last year was uh, the peak for the Sixers, losing to the eventual uh, NBA champions. We didn't know how good we had it with Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, and then we just thought we could fill it without Horford. And um, in hindsight, looking back, it was stupid. I don't know why we thought we got better. Dude, I was putting my head through a wall the day it happened. I don't understand how anybody was on the side of them signing another center to go with the center we already have. I mean, the problem with our team was spacing all year. And through, with comments today from both players and Brett Brown himself, issues with accountability, issues with people not being able to fit in their system or fit their position, and then not having enough space, which – would all fall on the coach. Those are all coaching things. So between Brett throwing himself under the bus and then Josh having some, uh, some comments today about no accountability for the team, I don't see him making it through the end of this week. I mean, I don't know if they'll wait till the end of the playoffs to make their decision or make it at least known to people whether they have it done internally or not. But his days are numbered, and I think he's gone before the end of the playoffs or directly after. If there's like a Black Monday in the NBA like there is in the NFL where all the coaches get fired, that's when it's going to happen. We on me, Haas? Yeah. Haas, Gus is exactly right. Last year was the chance, um, especially with what happened with, with Kevin Durant. And the Bucks were, were not ready last year. And I don't even know if they're ready this year. But uh, they were susceptible to lose. If, if we win that series against the Raptors, we'd probably win the finals if, if the KD thing happens because we could have matched up with them and won that series. I mean, you're asking uh, two players to get injured. I mean, I guess it happened. Uh, but... I, I'm just saying all, all everything stays the same except we win the game seven. That's it. Everything stays the same. We win the game seven. We have a legit shot at that title. As for this year, um, coming into this year, I didn't want to sign Jimmy Butler to a max deal that he that he wanted. Um, obviously, he looks pretty good right now, but I don't know how much longer that'll keep up. He's got a lot of miles on his body from the, the, the Tom Thibodeau days. Um, Josh Richardson didn't pan out. Horford just was horrible. He fell off a cliff. Um, the spacing, like you said, wasn't there. I think the plan was initially to stagger him and Embiid's minutes, and then they could potentially play together in smaller segments, but it just didn't work out. The Tobias Harris contract's horrible. Um, Brett Brown, like you said, he's outstayed his welcome. He's gone. And I don't know what you do with Ben and Embiid because they're both talented, but they both have obvious issues. Ben can't shoot threes. Embiid's not reliable, especially health-wise. So I don't know where they go from here. But, yeah, process is shot. I think they give them at least one year together with somebody else at the helm. I mean, unless they get some sort of haul coming in this offseason, which they probably would for either one of them. But unless they get something at the right price, I think they give them at least one year with some other coach to see if anything improves. But if not, find whatever so the best too. value is. Yeah, I think so too. I think the big move right now is get rid of Brown and see what they can do with somebody else one more year with the, with that tandem. Especially because Ben was hurt. If you had a preference, who would you think stays? Or who would you want to stay of the two? Probably get rid ben. of Embiid. Probably Ben. I would probably keep Ben. I, I've seen enough of Embiid in big situations. He fades. He scored sub-20 in five of the seven games against the Raptors. He, he, he's a low IQ player. He doesn't take good shots. He doesn't use his body to his advantage. He calls himself unstoppable, and then he gets pitched by guys who are nowhere near as talented as him. And he's not – and like I said, he's always hurt. And, or, and if he's not hurt, he says he's sick. 
Yeah. Whatever the big, fuck that means. A big emphasis yeah. in this series with body language too, where he just kind of looked deflated the entire time. I mean, a lot of them did, but you shouldn't be showing that as the de facto leader. Once Ben's gone, you got to keep your team in it. You got to keep, you know, the energy going regardless of what's happening. But he just looked sad, honestly. And it he seems did. like it's the same thing the past like two years where they get down or they have troubles in the playoffs and he just looks absolutely defeated. So I don't yep. know if Ben's the answer, if he has the opposite mentality where he's going to be the guy to go to, especially because he's so limited on the offensive end. But from what he's shown the past two years in the playoffs, he is definitely unreliable when it comes to these big-time situations, regardless of how talented he is. Yeah, I yep. mean, Embiid, Embiid has the talent. I think if you're looking at talent-wise, he's a lot better than Ben. And I think if you're looking at the next five years, who can probably have a better impact? I, but based off of talent, it's Embiid when he's healthy. And also, too, the thing is, you're looking at both of them. They, the problem is with both of them, the whole offseason is, oh, if Embiid gets his conditioning up, if he does this, does that, well, it didn't happen. Ben Simmons is shot. I think if you build a team around Ben three, four more years from now, and he finally de- develops shooting, like we say, 25% from three. At least he's shooting shots and making them at three. Honestly, just take them. You don't even but, need to make them. Just take them. But they're yeah. going to have to. They're going to have to. I think they're going to have to dump that Horford contract. They're going to have to They're going to, have to sell some picks. Because, yeah. listen, when selling that contract and giving first future first round, <laughs> that's fine because they're only 20 overall picks when you think about it. But I think you got to get rid of Horford, structure shooters around them, and figure it out. I think when you look at the system in Milwaukee, how they just build around Giannis with shooters, I think you can do something very similar with Ben. And right. the, age, the, edge, the age of the big man is a dying breed now. Yes, Joel can shoot a little bit, but his game's kind of becoming irrelevant. So I think that's the direction you kind of head towards if you were to get rid of one of them. I don't want to get rid of either of them, but if you had to do that, I'd get rid of him. Agreed. I'd have yeah. to agree. And just based on the production so far in their careers, you probably get more for Embiid at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Ben's still, you know, half a player almost offensively. But I, I think if you can bundle – I, I want a star to come back, but if you can get um, productive, like, uh, I guess, wing players or, or – uh, not star players, but role players, but not necessarily role players. Key players on your team plus some picks, I'd go for it. Because, it, it, honestly, this is going to be process 3.0 moving forward where we're going to have a new coach. We're going to have to think about restructuring this whole team again. And it is going to take picks because to offload those contracts that we don't want to make them valuable or to make them desirable, there's going to need to come with picks or even other players. So it's going to get torn down again. I mean, you got to think, too. I think their window is extremely small. They had last year and probably, you say, maybe another year, if that, because then you're going to start thinking, okay, the Nets are going to be fully healthy. I think the Heat are going to sign a big name in 2021 with solid young talent they have. The Bucks, I think, can contend if, if Giannis stays. I don't think he, he'll be their future, but if he stays, they're going to be good. The Pacers are going to be solid still. So they're kind of looking on the – the back end if you if they wait like their their peak is now for the next two years and they can't achieve it you're gonna see us rebuild and strip down again because it's the Kevin Durant and Kyrie are gonna the Nets are essentially gonna be a pretty stud group yeah now I don't think they're gonna stay that long together I think those two egos are pretty hard but you have probably when Katie's healthy probably top three five best player in the league you could probably make case with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, he, he was t- he was at worst three with Kawhi and LeBron, but coming off an Achilles at over 30 years old, that's tough. I'd say he'll be a top five to ten more so than the three to five guy. So, I mean, they have talent, and they have the Nets have a solid team. They're willing to spend um, solid role players, and then they're going to get more people attracting towards there if they start winning. I mean, they made playoffs two straight. I mean, granted, seven seed. But they made the playoffs the last two straight years, and they're, I think they're going to keep on building and building it. If guys, if they can win, go let next year and become a top two team in the East, they're going to they're going to attract more players. And Toronto's not going anywhere. Toronto's I mean, going to be good. I mean, it's a huge market too. You're talking Brooklyn and New York, so it's not like people are going to shy away from coming to New York to play basketball. I mean, they haven't been good. I mean, neither of the Knicks, but LA wasn't good for a lot of years and then all of a sudden LeBron and AD show up because it is LA. So you can attract people regardless of how poorly your team's been doing just based on your market and what they can do outside of basketball. And I think they Speak. do try to do something uh this offseason 
kind of mirroring the Sixers where they're shrinking their their uh their timetable to kind of get the highest level talent, regardless of what they kind of have to give away just to take a shot at the title in the next two years, which is reasonable. I mean, if Giannis still doesn't pull through this year, I mean, what, what happens after that? So they're going to be, they're going to be something to contend with again, and we're not going to be, be able to match up with them. All right, Dean, let's hear the, I told you so with the Lakers. I mean, come on, who the fuck thought the Lakers <laughs> had a chance? I mean, if you thought the Blazers had a chance and you weren't joking, you got to you got to stop watching the NBA. Damian it's Lillard a, was averaging like forty points per game. I don't know, Haas. He was hooping. Damian Lillard's a great player, but but that's about. They, I mean, they got McCollum, but he's laboring. He's hurt. He's hurt because of the back. Melo, he, he doesn't offer all that much. He's okay. And then outside, Nurkic is an all right guy. Like they have pieces, but they, the Lakers have been pretty much outside of the box, the best team all year. And it just was never going to be much of a, a real competition. The Blazers have the guys to keep it close, but the, the series is over. I mean, they might win tomorrow and go 2-2 two, two, and then the Lakers win too, but it, it'll go six at the, at the longest. Yeah. The shit I mean, LeBron was taken after game two, I think, where he scored 10 points and they still won by 30. Yeah, I mean. Embarrassing. Yeah, that's all you need I mean, Dame and McCollum could both drop 40 a night and they'll still lose. It's yeah, like tough. like last night, like last night, Lillard had thirty four, McCollum had twenty eight, Melo had twenty, and they and they lost basically. I mean, they lost by eight, but it was really double digits because the, the Lakers were just screwing around at the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think the Lakers, LeBron knows what he's doing. I'm not going to question it. I mean, I was poking poking fun there a little bit, but I mean, the Lakers look solid. Uh, the Clippers look okay. I do like lose. I don't think I think the Dallas will lose to them probably in six seven games. Yeah, but. If Dallas is another team, they get another piece, they're going to be pretty solid. Um, you know, Luca had a fucking – he had 43, 17, and 13 today. And absurd. hit that team on a sprained ankle. Absurd. It was yeah, absurd. And, and fucking Aiden saying that he's not that good of a player. Now, I, yeah. I mean, he's – I think he's absurd. I think he's going to be – he'll get an MVP or two. Um, but, you know, I think he's going to give the Clippers some, some tough matchups, tough series. And, it's, and listen, honestly, the Clippers – they have a good depth, but I think Paul George and that team is slightly overrated, in my opinion. Well, he, we know Paul George plays his best basketball when the playoffs are on, right? <laughs> Joke. He's a clown. The Clippers, I think their problem is that they thought they could not take the regular season seriously, and that's biting them in the ass right now, and it might be their downfall. They really did not get a lot of time with a lot of their lineups, and it's showing because they don't know how to play together. Kawhi looks great. Paul George really doesn't. Their role players just look disheveled. Some guys show up, some guys don't. It's weird. The Mavericks are giving them everything they fucking bargained for. The Clippers are too good, though. They're going to win the series. But I do think their downfall is going to be the fact that they chalk the regular season. And it's going to, it's going to cost them at some point. Who would they face up against in the next round? Uh, Denver, Utah. That series. I don't even know what that series is. It looks like All a seven-gamer right. to me. Those teams are very evenly matched. I mean, I think both those teams are very well coached, and they have players that can perform. But, I mean, I think it's going to come down to talent mostly at the end of the – because of the bubble. But, I mean, I, I – you know, again, I think it's going to, it's going to come – I don't know who's going to win the East. I know – I'm confident in the Lakers. I'm willing to put down a mortgage on the Lakers to win the West. The East, I don't know. The Raptors look pretty solid. Um, and you know, the Bucks, the Bucks have the best, I guess, the best player in the NBA. But... Milwaukee's to lose, is it not? What's that? What's that? Milwaukee's Milwaukee. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we yeah. can hear. Yeah. Milwaukee's to lose. It's Milwaukee's to lose. I... Oh yeah, it's Milwaukee's to lose. Yeah, they're they're going to win that. They're going to win the East. They're too talented. They're too good. I think I th I think the West is more interesting. I think I think the Rockets have, are going to really give the Lakers fits. The Rockets might be the Lakers' toughest series. They really they really might be harder to beat than the Clippers, mm. especially with their brand of small ball. And if their three ball drops, yeah. they're going to be a problem. That was what was pissing me so much this series with the Sixers, with how Boston was running this small lineup. Yet we just kept coming out with two centers plus and the, the small lineup Harris always more or less there. a power forward too. So. You got three big men out there versus a four-guard lineup, and you're just – everybody's running around. You're getting beat. Matchups are bad all across the board. Yeah, there, was yep. a, there was a picture on Twitter where they ran a fast break. It's four people 
four Celtics against Embiid on a four-on-one. <laughs> and like, it said, yeah, it said the series in a nutshell. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it'll be interesting. Um, but segueing over to fantasy football, uh, we all have we I, I have two I have two leagues starting start my draft this weekend, um, and then we got the big one. I got twelve team PPR, ten team PPR. But uh, you know, as a former league champ, we and we have some perennial powerhouses here with Brody uh, and Dean, obviously. So regular season powerhouses. Yeah, Brody, 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 is all Brody out eventually. Aren't you like the Buffalo Bills of fantasy? Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Brody loses a lot in the championship round. <laughs> I tell you what, Brody had a solid team when I won my championship. I thought the toughest match was going to be Brody. I didn't want to play Brody. And then Damian, someone had to hit a girl in the face, and it was just I won my I, I won that week. I was going to win. So Brody has some pretty bad luck, but he's talented. So we're just going to go over some strategies that we each that we all look for going into the draft. Obviously, fantasy is very, you know, it's very lucky, but it does require, in my opinion, it does require some skill. Um, so for me, it's if depending where you, my biggest thing is, you got to know your league. So for instance, if you have to know who, like, their players are and who they like. Like, I'm a big Julian Edelman guy. Me and Aiden are big Julian Edelman people. Like, so it's important when you're going your way around to, to understand who's going to go where. And also to know who's who's in front of you and who's behind you. For instance, for me this year, I got two fucking good players in front of me drafting me. So I, it's going to it's gonna make my, my chance of picking very slim, and I need to have my select group of guys. Did you hear Rock the other week at your house? Who his sleeper oh was? God. Dude. Ben Rocky, in the seventh. So that's, yeah. So Rocky Box taking Big Ben in the seventh. He's going to have a comeback year, apparently. What a lot of year. So you have idiots like that where if you're dra- if he's behind you and you're going through a snake, you have nothing to worry about. You could take a reach and hoping someone's going to, or you could take a pick and hoping they're going to fall back to you. Whereas if you have two solid guys in front of you who know what they're doing, it's going to be difficult. My yeah, strategy. My, so my. Oh, who's up? I'll go. My strategy, I kind of just looked at what I'm doing. I'm drafting fifth. Uh, me and Brody are in a league. I'm looking at Michael Thomas at the five spot. I got Cook, I got Kamara, but I think I can get Thomas, who's a beast, number one wide receiver guy. He can come back and get two running backs in a row, like a Nick Chubb or a Kenyon Drake. So that's a strategy I think I'm kind of going to follow. Other than that, I could care less what anybody else is doing. Fifth's fits the uh, easiest pick in the draft. That's what I have because – one and two are going to be Saquon and McCaff. And then three, four, five, in some order, is going to be Kamara, Zeke Elliott, Michael Thomas. Uh, so you basically just pick whichever one falls. But in terms of draft strategy, my only two things are don't try and outthink the room. Like, if, if the best guy available is there, take him. Don't think that, don't, don't draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire thinking, uh, you know, you're going to reinvent the wheel there <laughs> at number five overall or something. And then my other one is just mock to get a feel for how this year's draft is because things switch every year. Some years, every year it's running back heavy, but how running back heavy is it? Can you get any running backs in the fourth and fifth round or do you need to have two running backs locked up by the third or you're screwed? Things like that that you get a feel for when you mock. So those are my only two things. And I guess piggybacking off you, Free, that was a good point that uh, know who's drafting around you and also know who's drafting in your league. Like if you're planning on taking Miles Sanders at, at 18 – but Rock has the 11th pick. Rock's going to take Miles Sanders. <laughs> it's a horrible pick. So, knowing your league's important. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part of this is also just to keep up what's going on in the league throughout the offseason as well. I mean, make sure you keep doing your homework and don't just try to wing it on draft night. But uh, just paying attention to offseason moves and including coaching staffs and stuff like that. Know who's going to be where, which coaches are changes, who's in a new system, who did they draft. So just doing your homework and staying on top of stuff. I usually look for consistency, people that are in the same yeah. spot, in the same city, with the same coaching staff. There's not too much turnover, especially in this offseason where it's wacky and you don't really get as much offseason workouts in. I know training camp's still going on as usual, and there's still people that have been able to get together and throw at least or at least have some meetings and some light practice, especially Tom Brady, who's going to come up in my uh, – spoiler alert – my sleepers here. But – um. Yeah, just know what's going on throughout the year. It's going on in the offseason. And then to, uh, to piggyback off Dean's point, 
take the best player available. I mean, you'll have a plan going into it. You can mock as much as you want, but then as soon as you get to draft day, it's all just going to go to shit anyway. So if you've done your homework and you know what's going on, you know who's going to perform well for you, or at least you hope to, regardless of the player that you want is gone. Yeah, I mean, with, uh, with you know, my thing is, like, when I win my league, it's – see, where I'm at this year, too, I'm at the sixth pick. So I'm hoping Cook, like, either Cook falls me. I mean, Michael Thomas might be there, but I'm huge on running backs. I won the league because I had two-headed running backs with Kamara and McCaffrey two years ago. However, when I made that pick, I did reach for one of them. I did. I forget who which one it was. I think it might have been McCaffrey, but I did reach for one. And the reason why is because I think wideouts you can get later. Now, my wideouts were god-awful, and I barely made the playoffs, but I picked up fucking Derrick Henry off the waiver wire. And that's another thing for in-season management. You have to be on the waiver wire. That's one thing that Dean's so good at is he, he fucking knows everybody and everybody on the waiver wire, especially later in the season when people give up, when the rock and box and usually me and like, like uh, Capilli and other people. Pat, kind Pat of, Smith doesn't set his lineup past week eight. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Smith, that's, you know, they kind of fall out. So you have a better chance. And so like, that's the whole thing with in season is, you know, it's tough for the first three weeks to judge everything but you can kind of gauge a feel where everything's going to be. And you got to stay on the ball of things too. Um, I mean, I know this year is like crazy. And the one thing that I, I hate doing, and I'm actually not going to do it this year, is a lot of people fall in love with the, the running backs backups. Like I handcuffs. I feel like, I mean, it's a not bad move, but you're just wasting cap. You're not cap space. You're wasting space on your roster. Cause you end up at the end of the draft. You're just going to cut them. And I'm going to need a screen grab of this because, because this guy has the sixth pick. He's going to take Dalvin Cook, and if he doesn't take Alexander Madison with him, he's fucked. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a big handcuff guy. Dalvin Cook, the year I had Dalvin Cook, it was McKinnon, and he was a beast. Yep. Big handcuff guy. Wait, and just before we get on to another topic, uh, what Brody said, paying attention to the uh, news around the league, uh, with the NFL, you know someone's going to commit domestic violence, so pay attention. <laughs> I've learned this the hard way. I think yeah. that was honestly the most embarrassing moment in my fantasy career where the entire day before I was talking shit because I had a matchup with Dean in the playoffs and he had just lost like two players. And then news hey, article Kareem. comes out, Kareem Hunt released, he's gone. I drafted Adrian Peterson sec- like first overall and he beat his kid. I was going to bring that up. Who, who Dean, had A.B. I mean, different different reason for him being released, but somebody had A.B. last that, year. And Antonio Got Brown was fucked. definitely a rock and buck pick. That was definitely a rock and buck pick. Uh, Capilli, he loves those guys. Yeah. Capilli Steve, loves goons. He always has the all-IR team. If a guy recently beat a woman or got a DUI, he's on Matt Capilli's roster. Or injured, coming off the IR. <laughs> yeah, we're injured. Yeah, we're a really talented guy who's injured. He loves Steve, what are the chances your first-round pick gets COVID and then you're on the uh, the wire bitching about how he gets COVID. Oh my God! I wouldn't even I wouldn't put it past him. My <laughs> mine's gonna, my first round pick's probably going to be yours because we're in the same spot. So you better hope not. <laughs> I know now, uh, the commission brought this up not too long ago, but do we have IR spots for COVID cases? Has that been implemented this year? Uh, I think we just have one extra roster spot. That's it. That's fair. What um? So for me. By the way, I just want to bring. It. I just found out I got the first pick overall in my 12-team PPR. So I'm either. So it's in my opinion, the top three are obviously McCaffrey, Saquon, and um, uh, was it Saquon McCaffrey? Who the fuck's the other one? Why well, I'm drawing a blank? Zeke. Zeke. In my opinion, I think McCaffrey's gonna have a da- not down year, but he's not worth the number one pick. I Negative think it's regression. I think Saquon is the solid number one. He's gonna get the touches. Also, Zeke, I think, is pretty fucking good, but I just don't like the Cowboys. I don't know if I can draft him. One thing to look out for Zeke. Already got COVID. Unless he's going to be, like, the eighth person in the world to get it, you don't have to worry about it. So, there you go. Zeke. I, Should be I a little bit of a draft pick. What would say, Dean? I would him. Talented. Roster's better. Not, <laughs> not really a ton to worry about injury-wise. But, yeah, so, yeah, with the 12 team also, like, it's just so difficult because you have to wait so long. That's the problem when you have one, one, and then you got. I mean, granted, when you get the number one pick, you're also getting like 
you're getting uh, like three out of the top 25 players guaranteed. So that kind of helps. But um, moving on, we're going to – so, Brody, talk about things you're looking forward into a player. You talk about the offense, consistency. That's another people thing, people who can perform so long. I also look at the strength of schedule. I think that's very important. Now, granted, I don't think that carries much weight when because NFL you get like the Falcons who go two and nine and or two and not two and nine and then win like seven straight games or whatever. But those are some things I look for. Um, I used to be a big bye week guy. I used to draft people around bye weeks that didn't work out well. And that I'll explains do- why you made the playoffs one time. <laughs> what so, year are we in this league? Is this is this eight now? This is like ten, dude. Damn. I think we started like freshman year. And Hoff still has more championships than me. <laughs> the one That's and done. Sure. My uh my things to look for, I mentioned them with Saquon, are talent, uh opportunity or situation basically, and injury history. Those are my three. That's all you really that's really all you need to look at in my opinion. I mean strength of schedule, I guess, but They'll rate it, and then it'll end up being flip-flop at the end of the year. They'll say, oh, this guy has the, t- the tenth hardest schedule. And then and then after the year, he ended up playing the 27th. So it's like that's just a guess based on last year and, and the ro- and the rosters, you know, how they changed in construction and whatnot. And then with you, Gus, anything you look forward to? I- I'll just play? take it back off of what you guys said. I look at talent around the team. Going to – kind of uh, preview into my bus category here, but Le'Veon Bell, I don't like him. He's got no talent around him, no O-line, nothing. So, it's one thing I would look out for. That Jets team wasn't half bad once Darnold came back. I mean, he still didn't produce to, like, the top of his uh, ability, but they they weren't as dog shit as they were without Darnold. Yeah, they did lose Jamal Adams, though, so that affects potentially uh... Game flow, how how often they have the ball and whatnot. So segue into Gus mentioned to bus. We told we I told I said we're each going to name our top three bus. We'll go around the horn one by one. Um, one person who I think is going to be a bus, where someone said Tom Brady's going to be a sleeper. I think his teammate Gronk is just going to be a bust. I honestly don't think Gronk's. Well, here's my thing. He's going to be a bust because his ADP, his average draft position, is way too high. I mean, I think he's there for more situational purposes. I think that there's too many weapons around him. I also don't think Brady is a top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, and also, too, I this Buccaneers team reminds me of the fucking, like, Lakers with uh, Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. They're just going to flame out. They're all hype. Um, just like the Brooklyn Nets with Paul uh-huh. Pierce. And yeah. Just like the Nets with Pierce and Garnett and them. Yeah. So I, I don't think Gronk for where he's being drafted now, I would like if it's if he's like the the eighth or ninth tight end left, which I he, doubt he will be, I would draft him. I would take him because you're getting shit at that point. But I, he's getting drafted way too high in mocks. I don't think they're testing for performance enhancing drugs though, so he might be really good. Yeah. <laughs> we got the obligatory Gronk put on fifteen pounds of muscle in like three days. <laughs> When he, yep. got, when he got signed, so yep. he's back no to problem. his playing weight after, like, a year and a half off or whatever the hell he took. Incredible. I mean, I hope his body's his body's good to go. I mean, he got a year off from taking those hits, but, I mean, throughout the 10 years he was in New England, he was just getting destroyed, constantly injured, always braced up, bandaged up, playing injured. But um, And I think CTE is one of those things that once you got it, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Right. What do you think his rest? What do you think his rest time between sets are, Dean? Oh, uh, probably suboptimal because he probably has some dumbass trainer getting paid way too much money. He was on Free. TV At, twelve. Uh, Dean Free, who's your Free? Who's your next uh, bus besides Gronk? Uh, my next two is I think that. Um, uh, well, I would say Tom Brady, but I'm not gonna do it. I do think Aaron Rodgers get for getting drafted where he's at. I mean, Grant, I think he has the most talent, but I just don't – I think he's – this might be his last – I don't know if it's going to be the last two years in Green Bay or whatever the deal is, but I think where he's also being drafted too high. Like, he's he's being the third third quarterback taken off, and I don't think he's the third best quarterback in fantasy. I I, I would probably maybe put him in at five. I, I think Russell's better. I think Mahomes is better. Jackson's got a better year. Um, Drew Brees. Now, if Drew Brees can stay healthy and, you know – 
you know, I mean, Drew Brees has helped us cost him at the end of the season a little bit, but – and then I think I think Wentz is going to have a really good year. You also have Russell Wilson. So him being drafted at, like, three. And also, they didn't draft any wideouts at all this year. Um, although I do have a sleeper wideout for that team. But I think Rodgers is going to have a very difficult year. And then another, another bust for – where he's being drafted, I think he's going to have a good year. But some people are taking him in like as like the the seventh or sixth running back. I think Miles Sanders is is getting drafted way too high. You can get him as the tenth or ninth running back off the board where he should be. Not he shouldn't be a top five six pick. You, there's better studs. You know, I I do think he's going to get more time with the ball this year. But I don't see him cracking a thousand yards. I do think he will have probably like 900, 950 yards. Probably six, seven hundred, six hundred yards receiving touchdowns. I'm a little iffy on, um, just due to Wentz's health. I don't know what Wentz's health is going to be. So those are my three busts. I halfway agree with Miles Sanders. I mean, I think he's going to have a more productive year fantasy wise than he did last year, just because he really did come on toward the end of the year. But he's going to have the same problem because he's going to enter the year a little banged up. Plus, they're going to have issues across the offensive line. Where Dillard's a real question mark. You've got uh, Jason Peters at right guard right now, who's 150 years old and has never played guard in his professional career. And I've never been a huge fan of Sayamalo, even though he's been the starter there for two years now. I just don't think he's up to snuff with the rest of them. I mean, granted, we had three all-pro linemen comparing to him. But I think you're right that, you know, Wentz, he's always a concern still. You want him to stay healthy. But again, last year he showed that it didn't happen. But I think he puts – he has like a Kamara-type role on this team where he's going to be more of a receiving threat, not going to be a 1,000-yard rusher, but still going to be very productive on the ground as long as they have other people in the backfield that will pick up the slack where he can't, especially because he's not as big as the other guys. But I could see, you know, 50, 60 catches close to a 1,000 yards rushing, probably put him like the 800, 900 uh, yards just like he was last year. I don't think he cracks the top eight for running back, like you were saying. But I, I still think the talent's there. And as long as he stays healthy and he comes in, he's good to go. He's going to be productive. But at the same time, there are other receivers that are going to drop to where he is that are going to be more valuable fantasy-wise at the end of the year. Because you were talking about DeAndre Hopkins going after, like, the top 10 running backs go just because it's so running back crazy. So you're going to get more value out of somebody like DeAndre Hopkins going at, like, eight or nine other than Miles Sanders. All right. Uh, so when I when I say bust, I don't necessarily mean they'll suck. I just mean they're gonna probably well underperform their average draft position. Uh, first, I'm going Dalvin Cook. I don't trust his injuries at all. He's never finished the season. Um, he's got the talent. He's got the the roster around him. But like I said, injuries don't trust him. He's going pretty much six overall at worst. I don't trust it. I wouldn't take him there. I'd let let him be someone else's problem, uh, like like yours, freak. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> I mean, come on, this guy is a rookie. He has basically no training camp, no off season, no preseason, and you think they're gonna put him in on passing downs to defect a fi- to to defend a five hundred million dollar quarterback? I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be bad. I'm not saying he doesn't have upside. He might come on strong in a Miles Sanders type uh, type of role like last year when, when uh, Sanders didn't play very much. Howard kind of took the load early, and then he came on strong. But he's he's probably going to underperform his draft position by a fair margin. Third bust is Julian Edelman. Uh, Cam Newton is not a wide receiver's best friend. He, I believe his leading receiver his last full season was DJ Moore in terms of receptions at 55. Uh, Edelman's always been a reception guy. I don't see them really feeding the ball to him like they did with Brady. He's also 33, 34 years old. He's never been the healthiest guy ever. Uh, Not saying he's going to be horrible. He could have some games, but I don't think he's going to live up to his draft position. That's fair. I mean, I, I I don't even expect them to start Cam through the whole year. I honestly think that was mostly just a distraction from the shit that was coming out like the day before. And I fully do expect them to tank for one of the two quarterbacks that are coming out next year, regardless if they admit it or not. I mean, a lot of their players have opted out, whether that's a decision on them or the team. But they haven't added a lot of talent to that roster this offseason. So it kind of just seems like they're cool with being bad. 
So I don't, I don't think anybody in New England's going to have a huge year. They might be the bottom of that division. I mean, if you're talking about the Bills who are uprising, made the playoffs last year, regardless of how bad Allen played in that game, the Dolphins are going to be better because they at least tried, even though they were bad last year. The Jets will be bad, so I'll give them third place in that division. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'll go ahead with my three busts. Uh, first one will be Deshaun Watson. He's kind of in that tier two of uh, elite quarterbacks. Rightfully so. He's had a great past couple of years, but the bottom line is DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. And uh, kind of like what Dean said, it's not really um, a bust, but it's kind of they're going to underperform of where they're drafted at. He's a projected fourth to fifth rounder. I probably wouldn't touch him that high. Second bust, like I said earlier, Le'Veon Bell, the Jets, they just stink. And um, fantasy-wise, he's been, what, a fantasy stud for about three to four years. He's about a top three pick for what? Three, three, four, three, when, four when, years close. When he wasn't smoking weed or getting caught yeah. for it, rather. And like a four-game suspension the one year, he was still like the clear-cut number one pick. Yeah, he was a beast. Third um, bust, uh, I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs, uh, projected fifth to sixth rounder. The Bills do not throw the ball at all. Uh, last year they were ranked 24th in pass attempts. Um, Josh Allen is very run happy, and now they got a young stud at running back with Singletary. So, and basically Buffalo, it's cold, it's miserable, it's hard to catch, and there's a lot of hype with Diggs going to Buffalo, and I just don't think he'll live up to the uh, hype. Where's yeah, his draft I mean, position? Uh, what was that? Where's his draft position? Projected fifth to sixth. Is that like wide receiver, like 20? Yeah, probably around there. All right. I think that that's almost fair for him. I mean, they turned John Brown into a top 20 wide receiver last year for PPR. I think it was like 22 or something like that. So I don't expect him to have a huge breakout year. He's not going to get the 100 receptions, 1,000 yards like he did in uh, Minnesota two years ago, but – he might have a decent year. But, no, I'm not, I'm not touching any Buffalo wide receivers, especially with Josh Allen, who hasn't really improved accuracy-wise so far in his career. I mean, I like Josh Allen. I think he's a very – he's a good quarterback. But then you always – I think the Bills are going to – I think they're going to win the East. And I think the, the division being shitty is going to help. But when – I think of that, I also think of when he played the Texans last year and decided to do a fucking pitch in, in the wild card game. Well, he was shit absurd. his pants that playoff <laughs> game, and it was a travesty. Anything he could do to fuck that up, he did. It, it hurt. Who was that game against? Who, who was that? Texans. It was Texans versus Bills, classic yeah. wild card playoff football. That's where Watson, like, ran out of a pile and, like, made a throw, like, to win the game. Wasn't that the game? That was the same game, right? That game was sick. Yeah. I mean, he made it sick because he was playing like an idiot. Like if they would just run the ball, like they would have been fine. All right. First bust here, uh, Derrick Henry. He's projected right now the RB6. Last that. year, led the league in carries and in rushing yards. I just don't think he can continue that type of production on that type of, of, uh, of work. I mean, 303 carries last year led the league. A lot of it was at the end of games, running down the defense, tiring them out, and he was breaking off big runs when the defense was already kind of broken down. It's really up in the air whether games finish that way at the end, just like this year. If they find themselves down, he really is one-dimensional in that offense where he's not much of a pass catcher, had twenty receptions or 18 receptions last year, and I believe that was his career high. So if you're talking you're down 10 points in the fourth quarter, he's going to find his way off the field instead of running through the defense like he's usually doing. And I don't think that type of workload is going to be good for him for this next year. I mean, we watched a similar running back to Marco Murray, who had a couple of years leading the league in carries. While he did end up leading the league in rushing the year before he came to Philly, you just saw him completely break down the year after where – He's not as old as DeMarco Murray, but the same type of things are going to happen where he's going to get nicked up and he's not going to be the same player throughout the year. And I really do think that any, any passing situation, he's off the field. So I don't think he's going to end up getting the same production unless he ends up with 2,000 yards rushing. Maybe he does, but I don't see him in the same position as he was last year. Two, I have Adam Thielen. They did draft... Justin Jefferson this year, but I think their two skill sets kind of counteract each other, or um, they're the same is what I'm trying to say, where they're both more or less route-running possession receivers, 
and you took that big play threat off the field and digs where they kind of had separate sales gets where they would work off of each other and be able to work on different parts of the field. I think they're kind of clogging up the middle of the field a little bit, especially with Rudolph, who's a red zone threat with them. He was hurt a lot last year. I believe he started 10 games, only had 30 receptions. So he wasn't targeted as much in the games he was playing. Diggs last year, who started 15 games for them, only 60 catches. So you saw a lot of the focal part of the offense go to Dalvin Cook, who was healthy for a little bit of the year. So I think you see a lot of the same thing where they go to Dalvin Cook more than these receivers and take the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be leading their team in touches by a lot. So I think the fantasy value goes down both with Dalvin Cook rising and then as well as adding a receiver that is kind of the same as him. And then third, I have Joe Mixon. I never understand why he gets drafted so high. I, I mean, he's good. It's not like he's a bad player, but he's more or less just an average running back. He's got the body to be a good running back. He's kind of built similar to Saquon Barkley. But with Joe Burrow there now, I'm assuming they're going to want to put the ball in his hands as much as possible. You have A.J. Greenback. You have John Ross on that team. You have Tyler Boyd, who had a good year last year. Regardless of Ross and Green can stay healthy, it's going to be Burrow's team, and he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I think he's going to kind of fade into obscurity there. He'll still probably have close to 1,000 yards receiving. I just don't think he gets anywhere near that top 10 running back position where they assume he's going to be. I think he's probably closer to, like, 17, 18. But somebody's going to take him high and get to be a little disappointed that he's not going to be a top 10 producer. Yeah, I, I mean, which I, I think the thing with Mixon is that – I mean, I just don't – when I think of the Bengals, I think Joe Burrow is so overrated. I, don't, I just don't see it. And I, don't see, I think A.J. Green's kind of like slowly winding off to retirement. He's not good enough anymore. And I just think that that team's a dumpster fire. Um, and then you got – who would you say also? You said just Adam Thielen. Yeah, I do think – I think Diggs not being there is a huge loss. I think Diggs is actually – I do think Diggs is solid. But, you know, he's with Josh Allen now. Whereas I do think Justin Jackson's going to be a good player. Uh, with Minnesota, though, it's like, dude – I mean, Kirk Cousins, it's like – you don't know what you're getting at. I mean, he's going to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball, but you don't know what you're getting at him. And then who'd you say? You said uh, uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I I like the Titans. They have a good they have good defense and they're very well coached. But is Ryan Tannehill? I I don't get what the hype is with Ryan Tannehill. Okay, he beat Brady by handing the ball off a hundred times and throwing only fourteen times. And to have him like I think in the last NFL 100 he was like ninety or sixty seven. And so you, they think that he's going to be the same guy this year as their quarterback, their guy. I don't buy it. I do think Henry's time. He's just – I mean, he's not going to put up the numbers he did last year, like fifth, close to 1,500 rushing yards. I do think he'll put up decent numbers, but not where he's drafted at. All right, my thing on Tannehill. I actually have him as one of my sleepers. Oh, my God. Don't, don't, listen, don't listen to the NFL 100. That shit's ridiculous. Otherwise, we're talking fantasy. They had Pat Mahomes as, what, the fifth best player in the NFL? I don't know what else you have to do to be the, the best guy in the NFL, but I think Mahomes has pretty much done it. But anyway, Tannehill, um, he's feeling good. He's got paid. He's got some money in his pocket now. And uh, last year he was the 22nd best ranked fantasy quarterback, and he only played 10 games. So I'm really looking forward to see what Tannehill can do in a full season. And what I like was his rank? 22nd. 20? Tannehill. How many, how, many, how many teams are in your league? Ten. Ten. <laughs> so, where is he going to yeah. fit in your roster there? Yeah, but he ranked if you if you did on a per game basis, I believe he would be top ten or eight, which isn't bad. Which and it's, he offers, it's, it's he, offers bad. Rushing, he offers rushing production, so he has a nice floor. I will say AJ Brown is sick too. Yeah, AJ Brown's good. Well, Gus, since you got the sleepers roll, might as well keep it going with the, your other whatever two you got. All right. So my second sleeper will be Raheem Mostert. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Uh, you know, he had to share some time with Matt Breida, but he's no longer in the picture now. So, And I think he probably is out of the three with Coleman and McKinnon. He's definitely going to be the lead guy. So I think uh, the 49ers are good. they got a great O-line, good quarterback. Breakout season. Did Tevin my Coleman miss a lot of time last year? Yeah, he got hurt, I think. And then McKinnon oh. didn't play at all. Yeah, I will admit McKinnon hasn't played in like three years. I don't remember him playing like at all. 
I do like tears. He like tore his ACL like two years ago, and like has he been back since? I don't think so. But now I like I like the uh, uh, Mozart thing. I had him in like my honorable mention. I mean, the offense is solid. You know, they they have a good offensive line. They have a good game managing quarterback in Garoppolo. Um, so that's not bad. I mean, he he is one of my honorable mention sleepers. But I mean, it depends where you draft him. If you get him in like the seventh eighth round, that's pretty good. He's usually falling in between that. If you can get him later, I think he's is going to be one of the players to fall because people are going to go so RB heavy, and then they're going to want to look wideouts later on. Yeah, I'll keep moving on with my uh, third uh, sleeper. You guys got to hear me out on this one, but Deshaun Jackson. Oh God! If he stays, <laughs> if he that's, stays that's, healthy, that's a rock. That's a rock. If he rock. stays healthy, you saw what he did in Week One last year. He's a moron. But if you get this guy in the 12th round and if he gives up a decent year where he stays healthy most of the part of the year, he's a, w, he's a WR2. Doesn't he hate Jews? <laughs> We're not yes. talking about that, Joe. If, if he stays healthy, huh? If he stays healthy. And if my aunt, what was had, it, a dick, and if my aunt had a dick, what would he be? He'd be my <laughs> uncle. Yep. What What was the over-under for touchdowns last year? Was it like two and a half and he got two in week one and then – See it gone. <laughs> yeah, and I started in week one. I think he took a single <laughs> snap in week two and just said, no. <laughs> yeah, against the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. That's that's such a if he if he stays healthy. I'm a homer. He's, he's, he's gotta be healthy. good. Just trust me. Just trust me. The Eagles you, are you'll have of. no chance at that sleeper because Rock's gonna be all over it. <laughs> the Eagles are a bunch of ifs, man. Be Sorry. ready for Jalen Rager in the fourth round. Dude's a stud. Bunch oh, of ifs. God. Bunch of ifs. Just like if if Ben had a jump shot, if Embiid could stay healthy. <laughs> Every, everything. If lifetime fitness was really an NBA court, Ben Simmons would be the best player ever. <laughs> Joke. Moving on, I'll, I'll go with my next three sleepers. Uh, my my first sleeper is going to be um, Matthew Stafford. I mean, I coming off an injury, yes, it's a little little little. I'm a little worried, but he's never finished lower than ten in um, as as quarterback ten in fantasy football. He should he he sh- in his um what is it? He should have uh, a good year with the talent he's got around him. He's got DeAndre Swift, the PCL running back, right there. Um, they have Galladay. They have and Danny Amendola. They, so they have nice pieces around them. I don't like the coaching with his system, but he's he's going to put up numbers, and it's kind of a proving year for him. If he doesn't do well, I think he will be gone. Well, or they're going to draft some kid. So I think he can do well, and it they, it showed at the end of the year how much they missed him. Um, my number two uh, would be. <clears throat> Sorry, is uh, Jonathan Taylor out of uh, the Colts. So rookie running back out of the Colts. Good offensive line again. Good system in place. I do think you know he will get a lot of playing time. He's a late round flyer who can give you tremendous upside. And then my last one would be um, uh, I, I don't want to do it, but I, I do think Baker Mayfield in the Browns is going to have a good year. <laughs> I mean, oh. Hype yourself up for the disappointment. A lot of I talent just, around them. Thirty picks again. A lot of talent. They have they have a lot of talent around them. They I think the, the I don't think Ben's going to have a good year. I think the Steelers are going to kind of plummet. Yes, the Ravens are going to be good, and but I think that he can finally find the pieces. He's shown that he can throw the ball well in his rookie year. Second year, I think it was the coaching that kind of you know hurt him a little bit. But for Baker being you know, again, another late round guy to grab as a quarterback. I think there's a lot of upside for him. He's a good waiver pickup. I mean, maybe week to week if they've got a bad matchup, I'd probably agree with that. He might be good for a touchdown or two, and he's got something with his legs that he can move around and maybe get one on the ground too. But they were so disappointing last year. I got hyped up on uh, building the Browns. They're, they put it on YouTube. It was more or less hard knocks, but just the Browns, like they did their own. And it was sick. And they look good. And Odell is – Odell, Jarvis, you have Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt. There's no reason they should be bad, but they're they bad. did all that to hype themselves up, but they're bad. All right. My three. 
These are kind of contradictory to what I usually look for when I'm drafting, but I think they're going to produce very well. First one, Brandon Cooks, who's right now the wide receiver 33. And you get mad at me for saying Deshaun Jackson? That dude hasn't stayed fucking healthy since fucking – He has played played 15 or 16 games six out of his eight years. I don't want to hear that shit. Hold on. I'll I'll even give it to you right now how many games he's fucking played because I just looked at this. He missed, I think, two games last year, and he's missed – I'm going to open it right now. Nope, that's Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks. He missed – he started 14 games last year. He started 16 games the past four years before that, and then he started 10 games his first year in New Orleans where he wasn't a starter. So regardless if he leaves games – he still comes back the next week. He's another guy whose brain is probably tomato soup at this point. He's an idiot. There's no function in there. But that dude remembers how to play football. So, I mean, he was in, in the years 2015 to 2018, traded twice, three different teams, three different systems. He was a top 15 PPR wide receiver all of those four or five years. So if he's on the field, he's going to produce. The Houston uh, Texans like to air it out. He's going to be able to keep plays alive for Watson. I think he produces higher than that 33. I mean, you're probably looking into like the 20 range, the low 20s. I think he's going to be able to put up numbers, especially taking over that spot for Hopkins. And if you're talking injury, the guy across the field from him, Fuller, his ass can't stay on the field either. He has a pulled hamstring every other week. So he's going to have a lot of opportunity to catch balls in that system because they like to air it out. They're probably going to be down a lot because they're bad. But – They'll end up in the wild card at some point, but he's going to be better than 33. And I think it's worth somebody to take a risk on him, regardless of what happens. If he misses some times in games, he's going to be available the next week. Number two. These two and three I'll say together just because they're on the same team. And that's going to be Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Tom Brady right now, QB9. The past two years have not been great. And regardless of his decline, he's ended up as the QB 12 and QB 14. And that's without any type of weapons around him, with them actively trying to get him out of there and him just not being up to snuff. Now, he's got weapons this year that he's probably hasn't had since Randy Moss was in New England. So he's going to have a lot of opportunity to put a big number. It's going to be very easy on him, where as long as he doesn't throw the ball to the other team, his players are going to make plays for him. So his job is just to facilitate the ball, get it to somebody who's going to make plays. I don't necessarily like the running backs, especially because Tom does like to dish it out. They don't have a uh, James White on that team. They don't have a Deion Lewis from back in the day. They don't have a Rex Burkhead. They have Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy. Now, LaShawn McCoy has that ability, but he's old. Doesn't have a lot left in him, I don't think. There's a a a lot of wear on those tires. But you've got Mike Evans there, who's a top 15 wide receiver year in, year out. If he's healthy, he's top 10, top 5. Godwin showed last year that he's a beast. He's going to get a lot of volume. He'll probably still produce as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff. And when him and Gronk are together, Gronk is a top flight red zone wide receiver. I think he gets 10 touchdowns this year, double digits. He might not kill it in receptions or yards. He might not be the flashiest dude. But on touchdown production alone, he's definitely going to pass that tight end six number. I think he's probably up there at probably three. I'll pull him right behind Kelsey, and I'll put him behind Kittle. Ertz, he doesn't score enough touchdowns. He'll probably beat all of them in receptions, probably close to 100 again. It depends on who's being able to start for them. If Deshaun gets hurt, which he probably will, Alshon's not going to be on the field until at least week six. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is hot garbage, regardless of what he says, being night and day, different player. Until he puts something on, I'm, I'm not going to believe him. So his average draft position right now, Gronks, is 71.3, so seventh round. It might be worth taking him in the fifth. I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns because O.J. Howard has been a bust since they drafted him, regardless of his physical talent. He has been what they want. He doesn't have those running backs to dish it out to in close yardage situations or even in the red zone. So he's going to look for Gronk, who he knows, who he's worked with. So he might have, might not have the same rapport with the receivers there yet just because the offseason has been weird. And he's been working out even though he hasn't been supposed to. They were filming him on that high school field, throwing to all of his wide receivers. 
So I think them two are going to put a big numbers together and they're each going to surpass whatever projection that they have. I think Tom Brady is probably QB five and Gronk's probably tight end three. All right. All right. Hosses. Hosses came up and got Haas. Haas will hit you with his top three. Hosses. Sleepers. Hosses <laughs> sleepers. Here we go. I'm going to agree with Brody here on Gronk. I, I do think that Gronk will have a good season, mainly because I don't really trust Tampa's line, and I don't really think Brady's going to be able to drive the ball downfield. The result. I think he's going to look to a safety net Gronk more often than not. I think he has a solid year. Maybe not a vintage year, but a solid year nonetheless. And I definitely think he'll rack up some touchdowns. Um, another one, David Johnson. So he's looked uh, pretty bad in recent years. But it, it was only a couple short years ago that he scored over, I think, 20 touchdowns and dominated the whole league. Um, he is very talented. And if Bill O'Brien is nothing else, he is stubborn. He has gotten absolutely killed for this deal. He is going to go out of his way to make David Johnson work because just so he can say fuck you to everybody who knocked the deal. I like David Johnson at his average draft position. I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach on him, though. Um, and lastly, uh, I don't feel that strongly about this, but I think T.Y. Hilton could have a big year. Philip Rivers has never been shy uh, throwing the ball downfield. T.Y. is talented. Indy should probably be competitive in games, uh, so they should be airing it out, if not down and, and getting garbage time points. So I like T.Y. as my number three. Who do they have on the other side of him? Is it Devin Funches still? And, and uh, might, it might Pascal? be. Yeah, they don't have a lot to work with. You saying uh, Philip Rivers made me think of Keenan Allen as another potential bust because he's going to have Tyrod Taylor there now for a little bit, at least the first couple of weeks. Yeah, they eventually put Herbert in. But Allen's I think not gonna produce like a years. lot of Chargers are going to be off my board just because they don't have Phil just blindfoldedly slinging it all over the field. Yeah, yeah I, do like, I do like Eckler for a lot of checkdowns per usual, oh, yeah. though. A lot of touches. I like Justin Jackson as he was one of my honorable mention sleepers. I think he's got some talent, especially with Gordon going now to the uh, the Broncos. And I also drew – I think Drew Locke – I mean, Drew Locke and Noah Font. Um, I do like Drew Locke. I think he's, he's a solid quarterback uh, with no fun as, you know, first-round talent just never kind of fruition. But, I mean, we, we disagree on with Gronk. I, I just – I don't know. I mean, that's the with fantasy. You take risks or you take chances. I mean, see it works out. But they're not yeah. testing for PEDs. Mm -mm. That's all you need to know. Gronk is Gronk is injecting once daily right now. He is ripping the, the juice. I mean, he's got to look big when he goes uh, when he retires after this year to go to WWE with Vince McMahon. So you, you might be right. You might be right. I'm telling you, buy stock in Big Pharma. <laughs> <laughs> We got anything else? Anything, anything else, Haas, by the way, Dean, for coming on? Anything else you want to get off or saying anything else to the fans? Haas, I would just say that the Haases came up and got Haas. And I would also say the likelihood that the league actually gets through a full season is very low, which means I'll continue to be the reigning champ. Haas, I would also say LeBron will get that fourth ring, Haas. And lastly, I will wrap up with, Luca is not bad for a bitch ass white boy house. <laughs> all right, is that it? We're all wrapped up. Uh, I just want to say, um, I just want to say, um, using momentum to move the weight from point A to point B does very little to stimulate growth in the muscle. Follow Dean true. Turner training. Follow all your fitness tips right now. Yep. Dean, yep, I think well, in your past, like, three posts, you've been wearing the LeBron jersey while you lift. Is that is that the only thing you wear while you lift? Do you just have 30 of them? I have I have a lot of them. Here's a few right there. <laughs> there they are on the wall. Houses, I need to give a shout-out to my former roommate, Mr. Swigs Mies. The man, the myth. Two years room together. Quality time. Goat and 614 Columbia. Houses came up and got housed.
right. That'll, oh, that'll wrap it up. That'll wrap it up. It's good to have Gus back. He hasn't been on in like two months, so it's good to have him back. And Yeah, Gus, might not be back. And we'll have, we're going to have a good draft this, uh, this Sunday, correct? This Sunday at 8? Is it Sunday or Saturday? Drake Lee? 29. Drake, Drake Lee said that, that it was Saturday or something. 29. That whatever is, day the 29th is. That is a Saturday. Okay, shit. All right, I got back-to-back. <laughs> back yeah, accurate? I got back-to-back. Back. Is that accurate? All right. We didn't All touch right. on it, but the Phillies are dog shit, and the Flyers are going to win the cup. I don't know about the Flyers, but, yeah, the Phillies are terrible. We can't the, Flyers, the Flyers are young. Gus will tell you this. We are very young. Uh, <laughs> we got the young goalie going. He's hot. Kata think hot. about hockey is when you play as a team. Look at the Blues last year. I think this is our year. We got to put everything we have in the Flyers. What did the Haas's do, Free? They got Haas. The Haas's got Haas. Where did they go to? Uh... The Hosses, the Hosses came up and they got Hoss. They they came up to Bloom. They came up to Wildwood. They go, they come up to my garage and we all get Hoss. And Hoss, what's another nickname for the Hosses? Uh, what the, I the, the mutants. Ah, uh, the mutants. The mutants. Yeah, the mutants. The mutants. All right, let's sign off. Sign it off. All right, Hosses. See ya.